Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to Nothing Concrete, the Barbican podcast. I'm Ben Eshmade and this week we re-enter the cinematic universe of Yorgos Lanthimos and the film The Killing of a Sacred Deer. A film where horror and humour creep up next to you. I like to expose complex uh, situations. I'm reading the script. I, yeah, I kind of felt a bit nauseous after it. I mean, I know I didn't laugh. And maybe I didn't laugh because I was already thinking, how the Jesus am I going to do or say or do any of this stuff? He's a clever little man boy, I call him. You know, he acts like a boy and then he just suddenly turns into a demon. To explain where possible this supernatural story, Colin Farrell plays Stephen, a charismatic surgeon whose perfect life starts deteriorating rapidly when he meets demonic teenager Martin, played by Barry Keoghan. Martin forces Stephen to make an impossible choice. Nicole Kidman also stars as Stephen's wife Anna, with Rafi Cassidy as daughter Kim. Look, I told you, best not to come to the hospital without calling me first. I know you're right. I'm sorry. I just want to thank you again and to show you my new strap I got for my watch. I um, exchanged the uh, metal strap for a leather one. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to put you in this awkward position. Recorded over a few days at the 2017 London Film Festival, this was a team effort where I spoke to the director and actor Barry Keoghan and Daniela and Isabella from the programming team spoke to Colin Farrell the following day. We start with the director. After the critical and commercial success of The Lobster, did this allow you any freedom in regards to your next project, which obviously is The Killing of a Sacred Deer? Uh, Freedom was never a, a problem with the films I've made so far. All of the films that I made... I had complete creative freedom. Um, the, the difficulty most of the times is raising the financing for these kind of films. Yes, so this time around, it was the first time that it was relatively quick to put a film together uh, after The Lobster. We had people that we worked with on The Lobster. As soon as they heard that we have another screenplay, they 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 were quick to get on board and it enabled us to put this together faster than any other time uh, before. Um, so that changed. Where did you and um, Themios begin with the script? Was there one thought or idea or something that you discussed that turned into the film? Yeah, I mean, we, we work very closely with Themios and um, we always discuss things that we're interested in and you know it may be a a fragment of a story or a situation that we observe or something that we've thought of uh, an event or something and you know through our dialogue and saying well would this be interesting if we've had these two people being in that kind of situation and then one adds to the other's Mm. ideas 
And then, you know, it just progresses and becomes this story. And then we start writing a screenplay. So it's a, it's, it's a process that you can't exactly know where it started from and what sparked it. And especially, you know, two years later, you've made a film, you, <laughs> you're talking about it, and you just can't really pinpoint where exactly it started from. But it's a, it's a collaboration between the two of us, you know, from the spark of the idea all the way to the finished screenplay. We work very closely together. Everyone's been telling me lately what beautiful hands you have, and now I can see from myself, nice and clean. But so what if they're beautiful, they're lifeless? You know, we always try and, and be as precise as we can with the, with the screenplay. I only think about other elements of the film after we've finished the screenplay and feel confident about it. I don't start midway, you know, mm. looking for financing or thinking about the actors or where we're going to set it or even what it's going to look like. I, I leave that for the next uh, phase. Uh, so we, we're very focused on, on the writing and completing a screenplay. I felt that I was someone looking down on these characters. I mean, I, I perhaps even describe me as aliens from outer space, you know, yeah. just seeing these strange people that you put down on this board move around. Yeah. Does that sound true to what you were intending to do? Well, it does even more so because visually I try to incorporate the idea of this entity observing the people from high up. I mean, we did use, you know, technically speaking, which is boring, but uh, we, we did use a lot of high angles and wide angle lenses and uh, the camera moved behind and around people mm. uh, in a kind of menacing, you know, way. And also from very low angles and creeping in from underneath. Uh, I think the intention was to create this atmosphere of another presence of a certain kind of entity almost mm -hmm. in a in a subtle way being around the the characters of this film so it was definitely visually and atmospherically intentional and on the same theme we're dealing with uh, Colin Farrell playing the character of Stephen Murphy who is a doctor and and doctors as we see in the hospital are like godlike creatures Yes, that's true, uh, and uh, it, it was an important choice for us to the, the you know his profession in order to create that kind of ambiguity of you know blame, guilt, power, control, uh, and all the rest that comes with it. The film, which I'm sure was on purpose, kind of really pushes at definitions. We're, we live in a society where we might want to describe it as a drama, dr dramatic film, or a horror film, or a yeah. or a thriller. But it, it reminded me of Kubrick in that sense. Yeah, well, I'm. I mean, that's very flattering. But I, I, I love Kubrick films. So, um, yeah, I, I, it's 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 an approach that I think I have for 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 most of my films. I mean, I think you know, I I don't want to consider the audience as someone that has to be fed very specific ideas and information. I I I mostly also as an audience member, I love to be intrigued and provoked into think and engage with films in an active way and be able to assert my opinion and my thoughts in there and come away with something that I'll think a little bit more when I've left the, mm. the, 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 the cinema. So I try to construct films also in a way that they leave that space for people according to their own um, experiences, culture, education, even mood, you know, come mm. up with their own uh, reaction to the film. 
we've talked about the um, we've talked about Colin Farrell's character of Stephen. The one of the most other important characters is uh, Martin, who comes in and is changes everything. What a performance as well! Yeah, the catalyst. Um, yeah, I mean, it was it was extremely important to find an actor who would be able to. Uh, create a character with such complexity uh, because it was this kind of story was it was easy to create this one-dimensional evil kid uh, but what we were after was to create a much more complex character which who would at the same time appear menacing and evil and dangerous but also you know, quite a, a you know a, a young kid sensitive troubled that you could actually understand his reasons of behaving in, in some kind of way. So uh, it was very important to find the actor who would be able to convey all that, and we were very lucky to have Barry do this. Your son told me that you've got lots of hair under your arms, three times more than I do, and that you've got a very hairy back and a very hairy belly. I probably do have a little more hair than you do because I'm older than you. But soon you'll have more hair too. It's all down to hormones. Can you show me, please? Can you take off your shirt and show me, please? Please. Um, there's some great scenes. Um, I mean, because it's about adolescence as well. You know, the scene where um, Stephen and Martin are, are talking about the amount of hair he has on his body. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's. I mean, I mean, you know, we talked about different genres. It's a comedy, in, a dark comedy in places. Yeah, it is. No, I mean, again... It's the only way that myself and Ephthemis know how to approach things. I, I I don't think we could ever make something absolutely serious because mm. then it will become self-serious and take itself too seriously. And uh, I, I do have an aversion towards those kind of works. Mm. We think that, you know, you can only observe situations and relationships and people in a profound way only if you can include the, the ridiculous aspect of you know, human nature and behavior and and situation. So I, for me, it wouldn't be complete if there was there was lack of humor in the film. It was wonderful to see Alicia Silverstone in the film. I wondered if there was any power in the sense of bringing a face that we haven't seen on the screen for a while back and whether that kind of gives an interesting kind of twist in regards to recognition and understanding i mean i understand what you're saying i mean i didn't consciously think much about that i just was excited about the idea and i you know from when i was a teenager i remembered her i like many other people had a crush on her you know seeing her in clueless and you know those aerosmith videos and all that so i hadn't seen her for years and it was actually our casting director's idea mm. um and i was uh, immediately excited when she mentioned her and uh i didn't know what even she looked like anymore and she she sent us a tape doing the scene and she was just incredible and amazing and i said okay we just don't need to look for anyone else it's mm. just he just nailed it immediately. So I, di- I didn't think much of it. And then I, re- I did realize when it was first mentioned when we started filming the film that she was part of it, that it was like a huge thing that, oh, Alicia Silverstone is in a Yorgos Lanthimos film and what does that mean and uh, <laughs> what it's going to be like. But, I you know, I understand that kind of thing. But uh, for me, it was just, uh, 
you know the the an incredible actress with a with a unique presence you know being right for the role and i enjoyed really working with her very much and uh i'm sad that it was just a a day of work and i mm. i wish i could have worked with her more and maybe we we'll, we will do in the future nicole kidman as the the wife in the, in the film um why was she right to play opposite colin farrell why why did she fill that role for you Well, Nicole, I, I kind of think she's always right for anything. I mean, it's um I think she well, she's a great actress. She can do anything. And she has such a unique presence that no matter you know what kind of character you merge her with, then it becomes much richer in different ways depending on what the character is and what the story is. So I just it's just a, a little bit of a no-brainer, you know. She, mm. you know, you bring her in the equation and something, you know, definitely in, interesting and more complex comes out. Had you seen Birth because that was a, th- a film that I thought of when I when I when I saw her performance? Yeah, I loved Birth. I mean, I I think, you know, Jonathan Glazer is one of the greatest uh, filmmakers working today. But yeah, I mean, she's she's she has a body of work that's, you know, you know, you can't really argue around it. Going back to the idea of the the outsider or someone looking in on the film, I wanted to mention the dialogue which has a sort of specific rhythm and delivery. I mean, maybe it's even a it, it's definitely in English, but it feels like it's a different language. Well, I think it, it there's a particular voice uh which I find precious, you know, and it's important um that you have a voice that so- starts with a screenplay. It's very important for me and uh that's why I I find this relationship with my, my writing partner very important and we continue working together because you know the combination of the two of us working together brings out something specific and uh, hopefully original and um and even when I I have now you know tried working with other writers as well I I do look for that particular voice that will with will blend with my you know sensibilities and understanding of the worlds that I'm trying to create so it's always important for me to find to find writing partners that have a very unique strong voice there's even perhaps an argument that it's the same voice that's transplanted between the different characters yeah well but well, that's absolutely true but it's absolutely true for you know every a uh, piece of uh text i think because it's you you know when it's you know a writer writing it he writes all the voices although they take the shape and uh sound of different people obviously it comes from the same source uh, so yeah that's a fair thing to notice <laughs> daniela and isabella spoke to colin farrell yeah he thinks that, like this is his anchor man you know he's like this is a comedy the lobster was funnier uh-huh to shoot And the lobster I felt had a a kind of pervasive sense of hope through it even though some of the scenes in the lobster were disturbing in and of themselves and it was kind of an awkward world again but just cuz the character I played was kind of guileless and open and innocent and mm. this guy is kind of more arrogant and prideful and and brilliant had a brilliance to him as well but you know you're going to work on a film like this that it's not about high five and after takes and mm-hmm. and having a great buzz on the set every day and York's mm. set is is very controlled. He's not controlling. The control is kind of self-imposed by the crew and the cast. Your mother is very beautiful, but the idea that she and I could ever be together is ludicrous. Let me remind you I'm a married man. And I love my wife very much and my kids and that we are very happy together. And for your information, 
You're absolutely fine. There's nothing wrong with you. I want to ask a bit about the script, actually. Um, the tone and manner of Yogi's scripts are very distinctive. Um, how did you find working with a script like this? Was it quite restricting? No, it's 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 kind of paradoxically um, freeing within the restriction. There's this strange. I think I think because there's maybe because there's a lack of urban or contemporary naturalism you've almost more room to believe you can't fail in a way. Again, it mm -hmm. really is what they do, him and a theme is it's a whole different world of rules and behaviours. Mm -hmm. Alps, dog tooth, lobster mm -hmm. and this. Mm -hmm. So in a way, ridding yourself of any of that kind of contemporary nuance, naturalistic acting, you know, any winking at the audience, any cleverness, none of the characters are cool, are concerned with that. That in itself, not having to do too much mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. the script does so much that to try and put my opinion on what an emotional reaction of Stevens would be here or an emotional reaction would be there would be to poison the script in a way. Um, we want to talk a bit more about the female characters in the film. Um, oh God, they're all extraordinary. I, I mean, Nicole is so brilliant and so focused on the work and yet she's a really wicked sense of humour and great fun to work with as well. Mm. I mean, we had some laughs on this. I say it's bleak and this now. We did, mm. don't get me wrong. We had a couple of laughs. They, I think they started getting more spare the more we got into the film. But Rafi was amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, she just came in with some kind of sense of tone. And she, to me, is possibly the, almost the darkest character in the film. Mm -hmm. You know, the way she's so accepting of all this, all this toxicity and sickness. Yeah. And it doesn't phase her at all. And the thing she says to mom, if you are you tired, you know, you started feeling tired yet and, and it's okay, mom. You know, don't be scared. And, oh my god. Mm -hmm. I thought she inhabited the role incredibly. Mm -hmm. And Alicia came in and killed it. She had one yeah, day, yeah. she came in and did an amazing scene, dropped in and did something completely unexpected and unique and yet existing again within the genetic tonality of the film. I thought she was amazing. Yeah. It was great to work with her and I grew up watching her films as well and you know it was amazing when I heard they cast her I again was like wow one of the most intriguing things about the film to me was the fact that this family accept their fate they, it's very you yeah. know, the setting's very American and yet it's they're quite fatalistic and they just kind yeah. of accept what's happening to them yeah. what do you think that is I don't know but I think it's one of the most upsetting things about the film mm -hmm. and I think I think what Yorgos does is he he presents a set of extraordinary circumstances some of which are highly absurd he doesn't necessarily explain why or how they got to be that way. Mm. And if the audience finds themselves needing to figure that out or create some narrative around that, it's like in The Lobster, it's never explained, how do you really turn people into animals? Like, what is this mm. animal transference mm. room? What's the science behind <laughs> it? You know, in this, it's like, how does the sickness that Barry threatens, Martin, Martin threatens my family with, how does that sickness actually become to be made physically manifest? Mm. Is he in league with the gods? Is it some kind of small mass hypnosis? Is mm. it some poison? None of them cut mm. mustard. It's just a leap of faith. Our two children are dying in the other room, but yes, I can make you mashed potatoes tomorrow. Please don't talk to me that way. If you don't like it, why don't you go and live with Martin's mother? I'll bet she'll talk to you better. You wanted the kids to come home when they came home. What else do you want me to do? Something to put an end to all of this. That's what I want. Can you do that? Lastly, we hear from the demon child himself, Barry Keoghan. I was going to start with, what an extraordinary character. <laughs> what an absolutely amazing kind of uh, performance. Um, what appealed to you about the role of Martin? Um, I mean, it was Yorgos that attracted me 
um, to this movie. You know, Yorgos Lanthimos movie, The Lobster, Dogtooth. I mean, as soon as I seen them, I was like, I have to be in one of his movies. So, <laughs> but yeah, when this popped up, read the script, I knew this character was going to be fun to play around with. And yeah. What goes through your head when you read a script? I mean, particularly for this film, because it's, it's such a complicated character that, that kind of transforms really from the beginning to the end. Yeah. He, uh, that, and it's never really one thing I really thought about, you know, is his arc. You know, with every movie I do, I have a backstory, I have questions, I have everything for the director. But with Yorgos, that approach is different, you know. You don't do it that way. You just show up and you you know your lines, you don't attach any emotions, mm. you don't do any of that. And it, you just basically throw all your lines away and that's 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 what he does. It's actually very refreshing, it really is a very refreshing way, um, and it's a definitely a, a different way than I usually work. But I was, I really, really like it. The sets of this film are very particular as well, in the sense that there's the hospital, yeah. uh, which is clinically clean and and, and kind of scarily beautiful, mm-hmm. and you've got the house as well. Do, do they help you as an actor? Is, is is what surrounds you important? Sets always. I mean, everything you know, as as much as real as the director can make it for you the better given that Chris Nolan done that for Dunkirk with the planes and the boats and then Yorgos done it with the hospital and the house and you know and, and I've been lucky that anything I've really worked on has always been on locations and never in studio so in the film itself um Colin Farrell plays Stephen and he's kind of like a an adopted dad that, that that's that's the impression yeah. we get at the beginning mm-hmm. yeah he uh, he feels the need, I think, you know, to to meet up with this boy and 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 bring him out on on little days and get him ice cream and get him presents and because he he's just lost his father. But but yeah, I think Martin as well thinks of Stephen that way, you know, as a father figure. But I think there's a bigger reason to it, you know. He's also yeah. seen him as a father figure, but he's plotting a revenge. <laughs> is that there from the beginning do you think um, yeah I think so and that's that goes to show how clever this little lad is you know he's he's a clever little man boy I call him you know he acts like a boy and then he just suddenly turns into a demon mm. he's a, a devil's angel I call him you know <laughs> devil's angel like I was speaking to the director this film sort of really sort of mashes the genres it, it doesn't allow you to, to think of it in one way, like a horror yeah. or a thriller or a drama or whatever. It's 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 playing with you. It is. It's constantly playing with you, and I think that's good, you know. And It's the Yorgos genre, and Yorgos has his own language, his own tone, his own style. Everyone wants to work with Yorgos now, and it's, you know, for me to work with him at 24, him and Chris Nolan in the space of a few months was Jesus. Unre- unreal, like, you know. There's a lot of work involved for you because you know you are, you are carrying you are in the film for, for for most of it. Yeah, yeah, there is. Yeah, and I, I, you know, I come in and I do my bit, and then when I'm not there, you can also you, you still feel Yorgos does this thing where you still feel Martin is present. Mm. You know, he's still there somewhere. You know, he's lurking or he's, and and he he's done that very well with the camera as well. Like he's. There's some shots of he won't let us in all the time, you know, Yorgos. So there's faraway shots of me and Stephen talking, and you know, so he used that very clever as well. 
Did you ever accidentally giggle at any point? I'm thinking particularly of the scene where... The chest hair. The chest hair. Oh, Jesus, like that was... I had to keep a straight face for that. We had to do that so many times. Like, <laughs> It's just Colin though. Colin's so funny as well. Like, and it's how Colin does it. He's like, I have to keep a straight face. And there was a load of takes where, you know, and I think Colin got used to it because the lobster. So Colin... <laughs> got, yeah, he was used to it. Yeah, whereas I was like, this is weird. But like, anyways... And who else impressed you? I mean, obviously working with Nicole Kidman must have been a, yeah. a, a, a pleasure. I mean, Nicole, look, look at the choices she's making and Colin, but look at the choices. Like, you know, it's at, at that calibre, you know, making those choices, working with these filmmakers and that impresses me, mm. you know, and that pushes me as a young actor and to be surrounded and being in the presence of, of actors and actresses like that, it's, I'm blessed. I always say I am, I'm blessed in, in, in this acting game. And touch water stays the same, like, you know. The temptation is to do something which would give you higher profile, but to, to stick true to yourself is obviously very hard. Yeah, the temptation, yeah. Well, I've got offers recently. It'd make the bank balance quite nice, these offers, but uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not here for that. I'm here to tell good stories, good filmmakers, the rest will come, and I'm, I'm very, very confident in the rest of it following me. There is also which is the thing I, I personally thought about more afterwards, is the kind of the supernatural element, the possible... I love this. The, the, the witchcraft element. Yeah, I love this. I, I had a theory that when he gives uh, the three tokens, the flowers and the two key rings, that was some kind of curse? Maybe. See, that's the first time someone has said that to me now. I like the whole thing of someone thinking he's a god. Someone said that to me. Ah. He's like, he's a god, you know. But I love everyone's take on it. You know, everyone has a different... And Yorgos hasn't explained it. And he won't, and I don't think it needs to be explained. And I think that's what his movies are. He he likes everything up for interpretation and, and grabs and whatever. We talked about you laughing, but was there any moments when you were shocked? Alicia Silverstone sucking Colin's fingers was a bit of a shock. <laughs> that was a bit like, what is going on here now? Is this... <laughs> are we rolling? <laughs> But uh, yeah, that was the only time. <laughs> Can you sing us something? What now? Yes, anything you like. No, not right now. She's embarrassed. No, I'm not. Just don't feel like it. When did you start smoking? About eight months ago. I was over at a friend's place. It was a party, actually. And this girl offered me a cigarette, and I said, why not? And lit up. That was a mistake. I regret it. But it's too late now. I'm addicted. You know, Yorgos's language and tone, it's basically what you're thinking right now. You're not going to say it. And what I'm thinking right now, I'm not going to say it. We reserve a lot. Whereas his language and his tone says it, you know, without any thinking and that's what's so it's like if it's because we're affected by social medias and we've grew up in a rhythm how to talk and you know we should say this at this point and that at that point whereas I feel with Jorgis's world it's like if if the world started tomorrow that's how we talk yeah you know because we wouldn't be influenced by media and, and news and and accents and, and wherever and that's how we talk we just say blah 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 what we think yeah. you know what I mean so that's that's what I think of Yorgos's language and rhythm and tone it's incredible though to be honest you know it, 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 it's, it's the, I don't it, know who came up with that rhythm and tone though it, it's as important in this film as it as the cinematography as the sound as, as, as the lighting is, is mm. those words 
read at the right speed, as you said earlier. Yeah, it is. The dialogue is just, you know, one best screenplay at Cannes. It's just gorgeous. And for an actor, you know, you get that much dialogue and you get to play around with that. It's just, yeah, you can't ask for anything more. Though saying that, you do internalise, your character internalises quite a lot, I think. There's yeah. kind of, there's a, as well as maybe a raging god, there's a raging teenager in there as well. Yeah, yeah. And also it does show a bit of, you know, where teenagers are today as well. They're brave, you know, social media and stuff like that, you know, they, they, they're different, completely different to when I was a teenager. You know, when I was, I'm 25 this week, you know, and I mean, when I was... 17 or even 15 I was running around getting dirty and like climbing walls and now they're on their phones and they're they're so ahead of us like they're so ahead of their time and so yeah I think it represented that a little like you know the teenagers in this movie represented that Mm. what what, what it is today I mean you could even take that further and say it's a part of the time we live in that sort of numbness that we have because of the overload of social media or the overload of news right yeah it is. That's you're dead right there. The numbness, the the lack of. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger. Feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You know, care. You know, when someone's fighting on the street, the phone comes out. Instead of breaking it up, a phone comes out. Yeah. It's not caring about this lad could be really injured. Or, you know, someone gets knocked down, someone records them. It's 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 horrible. Mm. It really is horrible. I use social media for, for acting, you know, because I like to push things out there and whatever. But other than that, I don't go looking at things because it just annoys me. Yeah. Really, every all these stupid videos of things annoy me. 
within the the family of Stephen and um, Anna and the, the two children, again, it's that question of love, I suppose, and what love is in this film. Within that family unit, the, the children, it's more about obedience yeah. than, than love. Yeah, it is more about obedience. Yeah, they have a they have a, a structure, you know, a heart that a plant, so or uh, get your hair cut today. And I just love the way they talk to each other, like you know, it's so funny. Like. But yeah, you're dead right. I just wanted to finish with you must feel like you've accomplished something. I mean, it's a role that we're not going to forget as an audience for a long time. I hope not either, but I hope that some part of the audience forgives me a little and. You know, and sees past me. You know, I've done my job if people hate me, basically. I was a little scared of coming here today, yeah, I must admit. Yeah, I've done my job, then I think, you know. Thanks to Yorgos, Barry, and Colin for speaking to us. This film drags you on this incredible, compelling journey. Perhaps the film Hitchcock would have made in the 21st century. It's very unique, a little bit incredible, and quite disturbing. I'm Ben Eshmade. Thanks for listening to this archive edition of Nothing Concrete, the Barbican podcast. We're here to inspire more people to discover and love the arts with weekly episodes of archive finds and theme series. Subscribe to Nothing Concrete on Acast, Spotify or wherever you find your podcasts. And if you can, leave us a review to help us get the word out. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. With the McDonald's app, you can get your favorite thing delivered to your door. So if you were looking for a reason to skip washing those dishes you left in the sink, consider this a sign. Right now, get $0 delivery fee with any purchase of $15 or more, only in the app. At participating McDonald's, minimum purchase excludes tax and service fees. Delivery prices may be higher than in restaurants. Other fees may apply. Not valid with any other offer, discount, or coupon.